Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to Red Shadow Trent, here to go through our thoughts and feelings as Forest run out 2-0 winners over West Ham United. Cushion has pulled out late from the squad, so just Lee Clark and Reese Lane joining me today. Let's get right into it, chaps. We finally get to talk about a win and it's it's a lovely feeling uh, on a Sunday morning with our brews and, and whatever else people might be watching us uh, talk about this. Uh, Lee, I'm going to start with you. It was two changes that saw... Felipe partner Murillo in in the in the back two or back four if you want to call it um, for for Niakate and Danilo replacing Yates which is to my delight um, as you'll all know uh, what do you make of those changes uh, first of all and what battles did you kind of like fear and, and got you excited um, yeah I welcome the changes like you've just said I don't need to go into it I'm always more satisfied I guess when Yates isn't playing that's no disrespect to him I just feel that we're a better side with the ball um, and a bit more progressive when he doesn't play um, so yeah I was pleased with that and it's always nice to see Felipe play I think um, I don't know if it's a bit OTT but I think if we'd had Felipe fit all season I don't even think relegation would be a word to even mention I think we'd be comfortably sort of you know, round the top of the bottom half. So, yeah, it's always nice to see him come back into the team. Um, in terms of the battles, I, di- I didn't really... I looked at their team and kind of... I was a little bit surprised that they'd gone with 4-3-3, um, just because I'd spoke to a few fans in the build-up. And Moyes' kind of go-to when they're struggling is to, to go three at the back and kind of shut everything up um, and, it, you know, play on the counter. So I was a little bit surprised that maybe that they didn't go with three cent- centre-halves. Um but I always fancied that whoever they picked, to be fair, with uh, Pakatar being out, I thought they'd be, um, I thought it'd be a very winnable game anyway. So it was more focused in what we could do rather than um, worrying about them, I guess. Yeah, it did make me quite happy that James Ward-Prowse was in the number 10 position rather than in a deeper role because I don't think he really got on the ball that much. But Reese, we Forrest got out of the box really, really quickly. Uh, chances from Alanga and Gibbs-White, well saved. Um, West Ham seemed quite open and we actually had some good patterns of play, I thought. Um, what, what did you make of the opening uh, exchanges of the game? Yeah, I mean, the two um, aforementioned chances you've mentioned, um, they just hit them a bit too well, didn't they, really? Um, yeah. I mean, Tavares, I think he was actually watching the highlights, trying to pick Nico Williams coming um, coming into the box, but Alanga's stepped back and he's actually made a really good contact with that. Um, I think he's quite unfortunate. He's hit it so well. He's hit it straight down the throat to Areola. And we've kind of said, haven't we, before on this podcast, you know, at least make the keeper work, which he has done. And then the Gibbs White one. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it's just West Ham players all falling over one another, and in the end, Dominguez has like slid it into a few of them, and then Gibbs White span, and again, he's hit it too well. It's straight down the throat of Ariola. But 
yeah, we we started well. Adam, I mean, I mean, I said to you, didn't turn the ground. I thought they were really open at the back. Um, I expected us to get chances, which we, which we did. But the obvious concern was, could we get that first goal? Um, because it was crucial yesterday. I said to you, if we can get the first goal, I think we'll win this. And the time we got the first goal, as we'll come on to, was, I mean, absolutely perfect. It's one of them, as like Lee usually said, where the two managers rip up their notes for half-time, don't they? And, yeah, one team's jubilant and the other team's down in the dumps going back into the dressing rooms. Yeah, well, before we get into the goal, I did want to ask you about um, the the gift that we almost gave West Ham, Reese, which was, unfortunately, Felipe... Uh, kind of misplacing a pass and Antonio latched onto it and uh, as Christian was meant to uh, to host today he gave me a load of his notes he, he mentioned it was uh, likened to Michael Mantian against Ipswich in 2018 I mean plucking that out of the memory bank I don't know that must have really scarred think, him but yeah but what, what, about that one. but I mean what what exceptional defending from Murillo it was I mean I know Antonio's just come back he's probably a little bit rusty but he 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 showed him exactly where he wanted him to go, and it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a it was a very rare ever one tip from Felipe. I agree with Lee. I thought that aside, I thought he was excellent yesterday, and then you're pretty much spot on, Adam. Really, because yeah, Antonio's just come back. He was rusty. I watched it back on the highlights this morning, and it just didn't kind of seem to have that. You know, Matt Sharpness and that run and Marilla just picked him off into it, like taking candy off a baby in the end. Um, yeah, excellent defending. Stood his ground, didn't go to ground and then just took it off him. And you could see how frustrated Antonio was. I mean, him and Callum Wilson can talk on their podcast about how much the wins between the pair of them the last two games at the City ground. So, yeah, brilliant defending for Marillo. Um, I mean, he's at, at previous weeks, there was this kind of notion, wanted that, you know, he can't defend and we should play him at left-back and we should play him as a CDM and stuff. You know, he's still a young kid. He's still very inexperienced. There's going to be games where he looks a little bit naive. But when he's on it, Murillo, like he was yesterday, like he has been, I think, the last few weeks, personally, yeah, he, he can go to the top. He can because he's got it all, anti. He's quick. He can he can defend. You know, he can pick a pass. You know, something, might, something he might have to improve on his ability. But... He's still a young kid, but he, he could go to the top. He really could. And um, But I'm not going to get too carried away. But, yeah, that was um, the art of defending, I think, as you said, Adam, in the ground. Yeah, well, and we got uh, we got an insight to his love life uh, in the in the week uh, on, on the Forest Socials. Um, just a few comments uh, in there. Uh, hello to Tom Newton. Good morning. Uh, Luke Hamilton from Australia. Evening. Uh, Emerson, hello. Uh, yeah, everyone, I mean... Luke's wrote, he said he loved the cheer that went up in the city ground when Marillo made that tackle. It was like like a penalty had been saved or something, but brilliant. So, uh, Lee, first, well, about to come to half-time and, and as uh, as I always hate, a pet peeve of mine is going down early in the concourse for a pint because you never know what might happen and what a great time to score. Just talk us through the goal. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, again, I don't like to seem like I'm... I mean, I get stick because of my opinions on Yates and I've had stick before, but if Ryan Yates plays, he, no, no one else can pick that pass out other than... You, you play players like Danilo and Dominguez, you get passes like that in the final third. Um, it's just a brilliant, brilliant pass. And do you know what? It's interesting because lots of pundits and so-called experts like to talk about our recruitment, yet no one seems to be banging the drum that we managed to sign Nicolas Dominguez for... 8 million quid. Um, it's always the bad stuff that gets highlighted with our recruitment. Um, so, yeah, fantastic ball. Um, and do you know what? The moment that it was Tybo on the end of it, I'd never thought it was going to not be a goal, to be fair. I just thought it was him all over. Just, you know, rolled the defender and slotted it in. It was just um, effortless. Um, yeah, just really good goal, really good football. Um, and nice to see a score a goal like that, because I think sometimes we... We're kind of a bit more opportunistic, if you like, when it comes to scoring goals. And it was nice to actually play a bit of football and it result in a goal. So, yeah, um, can't praise it enough, really. Yeah, I mean, I thought we deserved it because I thought throughout the first half, there was really clear patterns of play, like Tavares making inside runs for Hudson-Odoi to get the ball out wide in a lot of space. I thought the interlink with Danilo Dominguez and then getting the ball 
to the right hand side. I just thought it all kind of clicked in a way, especially going forward, which we've not struggled with since Nuno's coming. We are scoring a lot of goals, and I mean, it's quite funny because before Tyros did score that goal, Reese did like kind of say to me, he's like, I think Zuma's having a bit of a better getting the better of him, and then he goes and rolls like, yeah, dude's who's one of the better centre-halves in this division and it made it look pretty easy. So, yeah, great time to score. Uh, we come out second half and I think, really, I thought we asserted our dominance. I thought there was a little bit of a worry pre-match when people saw the line-up and thought, like, no Yates, there's going to be no steal, no bite in there with Dominguez and Danilo. And I thought they really, like, got the better of Ward Prowse, Phillips and, and Edson Alvarez in there. Um they didn't really get any joy. And then two yellow cards, Reese, in the space of a couple of minutes for Calvin Phillips. Uh, Nico Dominguez, who I feel like in the last few weeks, we've seen some really good housery from him of late. And it kind of showed because it really rattled him. And then he subsequently got sent off very quickly. Yeah, well, he is Argentinian after all. I mean, you only have to look up to the likes of Maradona in the past and Simeone for him. Um that country uh, to see what um, their attitudes like in football. <laughs> so I'm not saying no more. Um, yeah, I mean, I literally just watched um, Match of Dose before we started with Emma and yeah, I mean, the first one, I mean, Dominguez is trying to stop him playing fair enough, but Phillips, you can't really shove someone over like that and not get away with a booking. It's a blatant yellow card. I mean, the ref, to be fair, was handing out cards like confetti at one point. Once I think there was nine yellows and one red, I think, cards yesterday. And just to touch on the Zuma comment as well, I mean, he, he should have been booked before I thought he was getting the better of Tyro for, for a bit. You know, Tyro spun him, he brought him down and the ref didn't book him. I, I just couldn't get that round my head. And then he, he ended up getting booked later on for doing the exact same thing. So he probably should have been off. Um, the second one, yeah, it's... It's definitely one of them challenges that if he isn't on a yellow, he's getting a yellow. So he might feel it harsh. It's in quick succession. He's got two yellows, but he's late. You know, he's not won the ball. Gives White's flicked it away from him. And yeah, I don't think he can really have any complaints, to be honest. Um, like I said, there was lucky for me, Zuma didn't get sent off. So yeah, it's not going to plan for him um, at the minute, is it, Calvin Phillips? But that's, that's another conversation uh, for the summer. So I do, I do like to keep an eye on that on the England players. But um, yeah, after that, you was kind of hoping it wasn't going to be a charity FC, was you, where <laughs> um, <laughs> we struggle. And I mean, everything was kind of against us. As I'm, I'm not going to steal your thunder. But um, yeah, it was obviously good to wrap it up later, later on. And I, to be honest, I think West Ham had near enough given up after that red card. I thought they were extremely poor. That's taking nothing away from us. But, you know, me and you said, Adam, I mean, we found it vastly strange how our um, weaknesses has been set piece and balls into the box and they hardly put it into the box at all. Yes, I found that vastly odd, but it's brilliant for us because it was um, a well-deserved win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before we get into the penalty shout, Lee, and, and your inside knowledge, as, as you alluded to in our group chat, but we had so many chances. I mean, on another day, Anthony Anger scored a hat-trick. I mean, he hit a, a brilliant volley. I thought um, Danilo hit a great volley straight at Areola, unfortunately, but saves he has to make. I thought we just couldn't put the ball in the, in the, in the onion bag and it kind of just... And then, like, one the penalty shout kind of goes against you, you kind of think it's going to be one of those days where we're like, we've not took a chance. Are we actually going to squander this? But what, what was your thoughts? Because it was at your end of the ground. It 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 seemed a bit... It was hard to tell from the from the Bridgeford end, especially because, because of how far away you are. But Nico Williams, for me, is a very honest player and, and wouldn't go down without feeling out. Yeah, it looks penalty. Um I've got to admit, though, it looked a penalty for a different reason than what it actually was. It looked like he was just tripped over. Um, it was one of those that, a bit like last week, I, th I said straight away, that'll definitely get overturned. Or it, it, I actually said it'll definitely get looked at. Um, I just think, I don't know, it's... What I do have, I do have a little bit of sympathy with the ref, because I think it's a tough one to see. When you see what actually happens, it obviously, it, it's literally a split second when he stands on his foot. It's a clear foul, it's a clear error. Uh, but I do have, in real time, I do feel that that's a, a tricky one to spot. Um, but then this is why we put, isn't this, that sort of decision is supposed to be what VAR is for for me. It's a clear foul, it's a clear error. And 
it's one of them where the ref wants to go and have a look. The ref will welcome the chance to because it happens so quickly in real time. It's one of the again. It's the same as last week. If that's a a European game, uh, a FIFA or UEFA game, he's being sent over because they check them all. Um, so yeah, I think um, VAR has badly let the referee down again. I think for me. Are you, you think... are you allowed? Are you allowed to tell us what you're talking in the group? Um, well, again, it's, yeah, okay. I am a little bit, <laughs> I am a little bit biased when it comes to Tom Bramwell because I, I do, you know, I do know him. I do speak to him. Um, I've got a friend who's very close to him. Um, and the, the, I don't need to go into all of the details, but the message that he relayed after the game was that he was having seen it back. He's pretty annoyed that he's not been sent over to have a little look at that because he can he, he can see that it's a clear error. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's just one of those decisions that just needs checking. I just, this, I've always said from the off, this, this clear and obvious error is completely flawed because clearly the guy in the box watching it on the telly doesn't think he's made a clear and obvious error. But the referee, having seen it back, thinks he has, and he want he would welcome the chance to have a look for a situation like that. So I mean, I'm not being funny, but just, if if he doesn't think that's a clear and obvious error, then he need, he needs sacking on the spot. Because it's just ridiculous. I don't understand. You can't what the get VAR's more blatant. Seen. I don't understand he, what the VAR's seeing. It's just I'm, crazy. I know you mentioned about the FIFA and UEFA um, games, Lee, and obviously they like to go to the screen more. Do you think there's like a resistance in the Premier League to keep going over to the monitor because we didn't originally do it, did we? Do you think there's now a resistance because most 99 times out of 100, the ref will go to the monitor and they agree with the monitor rather than say, actually, I'm going to stick with my original decision? Do you think that's why like, there's a bit of resistance Possibly, from the Premier yeah. League? To... Possibly. I just think the Premier League likes to be... I don't know. It feels like they like to make things difficult for themselves. I don't really know what the answer is. I don't really... Like you say, there probably is a bit of a resistance because, like, like you say, ninety-nine percent of the time when they go over, it does get, you know, changed. But I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. I just think it's. Um, I go back to the point I've made on this podcast several times before, though. To be fair, I genuinely think that there's some referees. Tim Robinson ref does against Man United, and he's, he was good. I thought he was very, one of the best we've had all season. To say he's a new referee on the Prem, I thought he, he coped exceptionally well with that game. Clearly, he's not quite as good at VAR and this is where I go back to it shouldn't be one week you ref next week you VAR it should be a group of specialist officials doing VAR because they could be trained that that is the sort of situation yesterday and the, the one you won last week against Newcastle they're the situations that need checking that they're clear and obvious errors um, but yeah that's not an excuse I just feel that some some of these referees prefer refing and when they're tasked with doing VAR they're just not quite... It's like when a football... If you're a centre-forward and you get asked to play out on the wing, do you put quite as much effort in? Some will, but some won't. I mean, Mike Dean said he couldn't do VR, did he? And he was he's been the Premier League just... ref. How long was he a Premier League ref? 15 years, maybe? Probably more. Yeah, um, um... And he said he couldn't do VR. Yeah, that was a mistake they made. Big mistake they made. Definitely. Well, who's getting, getting Clattenburg into the onto the books? Did, has done nothing already for our one. <laughs> I mean, great, great, great gig that is for him. And just tell, just tell the club the referees are bleeding useless. And like I put on my Twitter, that bloke from Ref Support UK whinging on a Monday morning on Talksport. What a great job! <laughs> but like, can we have a normal day at Forest? Like, really? But um, Emerson in the comments, he's wrote, "I'm going to get slaughtered," but I think the Peno shout was soft. I think Williams goes down uh, a little bit too late after the contact. But the amount of soft Peno's given against is why it's frustrating. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think Nico's a very honest player, and I, I think he went down you as say, soon as the contact. You say that, Adam, but he chucked himself between two players against Arsenal and tried to win a free kick and didn't get it. Yeah, I well, I will give him, happen. I will give him a little bit of credit with that comment. To be fair, I see what he's saying because it is a foul. I think it's a foul, but I've got to see it back to think it's a foul. I think what he's probably saying is, I mean, you know, like when someone trips someone, it's like a clear intention. He kind of he's just running, isn't he? And he gets his foot tangled and his his foot ends up basically stamping on. Williams. So I, I do see what he's saying a little bit, but I think ultimately it's still a foul. 
because he's caught back of his heel as well, he's, he's like into the next stride of his run. Yeah. That's probably why it looks a bit like late he goes down because he's clipped back of his heel rather than if it's a trip, they've obviously hooked their leg round yours and yeah. obviously tripped you. So you're going to go over rather as if you stamp on back of your Achilles like he's done, you're going to like be into your next stride and then go down. Yeah. I mean, the, these people who, these fans should say these people being derogatory there, the fans are saying like, this basic corruption on the Premier League. They've got a point on that decision yesterday because you look at some of the other decisions as well. The Brentford one, they didn't get a penalty. And then the penalty what Arsenal got against Burnley. The two the yeah. two what weren't given for us and Brentford are loads more than the Arsenal one. And guess what? The big six club gets it. And, you know, I don't like this conspiracy. That, but they've got a point. They really have, you know, on yeah. yesterday. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like the word corruption. I think that is probably a little bit it might get you in trouble, that sort of stuff. Um, the one of the Plattenberg said it in his Daily Mail comment, didn't he? I think what you can say is it's easy to see why Forest feel are done by. I guess mm. I'm going back to last week because ultimately Liverpool got a really soft one. So, like Plattenberg says, I mean, we probably employed him on the back of that Daily Mail column because it was it was <laughs> yeah. mint for us. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but like he says, is he for clubs like Forest down the bottom of the league? You can see why it might be a mentality of us v them because it does seem as though the teams higher up the division get different decisions to what we get. What I do find interesting as well was how there was a big, you know, furore in the media earlier on in the season about Wolves got all these shocking VAR decisions against them, yet it doesn't seem to get mentioned with us. But move on. Yeah, I mean great gig for Clattenburg going from gladiators to the forest hierarchy in space <laughs> of like six months. But um Reese, we did finally wrap it up. It was a uh, Callum hudson Odoi finished off and I mean what a flick from Divock Origi. I mean you did say he was he was a dictating play from out wide as you said to me in the ground and that yeah. uh, yeah, no, yeah, obviously tongue in cheek but I thought Nico Williams did exceptionally well to get there. They, yeah. they gave it an anger assist. I'm not sure. Yeah, how that it, it just like flicked off the back of his heel, didn't it? I think um, <laughs> you'll take it there, won't you, to add to the stats. Um yeah, brilliant, um brilliant work from Nico Williams. I mean that was just sheer determination and Agard, he just kind of gave up and Williams just did him, got round him and then he's put a really good ball back in into the box. That corridor of uncertainty is the same. That's why it's ended up in a bit of a, a mess for West Ham. It's flicked off a langer and it's come to Hudson and And I must say, at that stage of the game, under that pressure, it's a brilliant touch from Hudson and just to stop it dead. And then he can't really miss. He has to hit the target close to the corner, don't he? And I think it's Ben Johnson on the line who gets comes off his toe. But yeah, that was, that was a really composed finish. And that it just showed a player's full of confidence at the minute. I mean, he's gone from probably someone half a dozen of games ago to people thinking we've wasted three million quid to someone who's absolutely flying at the minute. So it just shows, like I said a few times on this pod, what a good run of games can do for a player to get them up and running. And you're seeing that really with the guy behind him as well in Tavares, who was also very good yesterday. So long may it continue. But thankfully, like we said, there was no charity FC and it was, you know, going to be, what was it, six minutes of injury time and West Ham pumping balls into the box and us heading it out. So, yeah, that killed us. That killed the game dead. And I mean, we, we fully deserved it. I've, I've seen the stats. I mean, David Moyes said in his post-match that he thought it was a tight game. I've, I've no idea what game he was watching, to be honest, because all the stats, I think they edged us by 2% in possession, but we had more shots, you know, we had more corners. The X, I don't like using XG, but I think our XG was nearly three. Theirs was 0.5. So we fully deserved to win that game yesterday. And like me and you said, Adam, it could have and should have been more, really. It wouldn't have flattered us, in my opinion. Well, I, I, the, I mean, I know... Uh... Went a bit extravagant with a five-three, but we definitely <laughs> should have got five goals. I'm not going to lie; like, they definitely shouldn't have got three. Oh no, Sells, it was Sells didn't have to make a save. He no, didn't, didn't have no. to make a save. Of no, there was one where he parried down into his feet and caught it, but there wasn't anywhere he had to make a save. Really, I, no, was... I don't. It was very puzzling because we said this, Reese. I know we we mentioned it a bit earlier about them taking a short free kick from out wide, but. Mm. War proud. I don't. I think they took about two corners all game, and you're mm. thinking a big team like West Ham and and our we and our obvious weakness. You'd have thought they'd like, yeah, really get well, it that, in that, the box at every opportunity. Well, that's why I said in his um, in his um, group chat, I, it, it kind of felt yesterday for West Ham that there was a team on the brink of needing a change of manager. I think there was we had more a lot more 
determination, desire to win that game than then. Um, and it showed them that's why we fully deserved to win it. I mean, like I say, that the, the second goal shows that the determination from Williams rather than their defender to stop that ball getting into the box, that, that showed it yesterday. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, let's get into some slept on it thoughts. Red side of the Trent. <laughs> slept on it thoughts. Thank you as ever for getting involved with this. Uh, Joe Baker's cat, Forest for excellent 2-0 flat at West Ham. Steve Minnie, Hudson Adoy excellent, should have been 4 or 5 0. Enjoy Murillo, he won't be here too long, sadly. Up then Reddens. Nigel Clough is the son of God. Don't say it too loudly, but Forest kept a clean sheet. Can't criticize a single individual performance with standouts being Murillo and Neko. But someone please tell me what on earth do Forest need to actually do to get on the right side of a decision. Uh, for, regarding a penalty. Uh, Martin Wayman, 10 out of 10 all round, but in heaven's sake, what is VAR doing in the game? Uh, Nick Kempel, West Ham dined in hell uh, for the second time in four months at the Forest family. They must have food food poisoning. I'm not sure what that means, but okay. I was in the top one. I've had a horrible chest infection for the last week and a half. It's been miserable. Both goals made me jump out of my sick bed, followed by a hacking cough. <laughs> Who needs antibiotics when you have Forest? Uh Jim H, uh, we played well, but defended poorly against Newcastle. But against West Ham, we played well. Stand out with Felipe, Carmen Classy, Murillo, what a talent, and Callum Hudson-Odoi growing with every game. Believe we are still to get better when the AFCON guys return. You Reds, Johnny Ancliffe, uh, best performance of the season, maybe the performance, uh, best performance since promotion. Very comfortable win, which should have had more. How we didn't get a pen on Neko was a joke. Uh, it's just one game, though. We need to replicate that now in every game for the rest of the season. Uh, Premier Elliot, who joined us in midweek. Hello, uh, everyone. Team management and fans put on a peak Barclays. Uh, so happy we won. This squad not only deserves to survive, but thrive in this league. Uh, there's a, there's a, he's gave us a fact because I did enjoy him in midweek. Uh, there's a tree in Pakistan that's been under arrest for over 120 years. If Take that as what you will. That's very odd, but very funny. Uh, Josh Potts, uh, back five, were very solid yesterday. Marillo's a steal and credit to Nico for taking his chance. He was superb. Shout out to Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's bringing himself into form at the perfect time for us. And Taiwo, who only needed one chance, were really looking like a Premier League team. Uh, Sam didn't watch the game as a non-holiday, but what can work out is Nico had a very good game. Marillo and Felipe, good pairing, and Ty was as good as ever. Really glad Callum Hudson is doing, playing with confidence and getting goals. Uh, Capernosity and function for once. Chariot FC didn't show up. For once, we scored against 10. For once, we show, we scored and had a tie. For once, we kept a clean sheet. For once, it'd be nice to get a VR decision uh, going our way. And then a uh, friend of the pod, Jeff Rowe, uh, last of all. Thought the majority of the team put in a man-of-the-match performance, but Williams and Murillo were clear favourites. Murillo's one, one-on-one tackle probably set the tone for that game. Williams, apart from that touch, was unreal. His effort to keep the ball for the second goal was brilliant. Thank you very much for everyone that got involved. Sorry, can't read out. There's so many to go through. Um, hopefully next week, try and get you on the show. Some really good points there, I thought. Like... I think a lot of a lot of love for Callum Hudson and I thought Nico Williams brilliant. Um, I am interested to know, guys. Obviously, man of the match was Nico Williams, um, and he is on the player performances actually. So, Lee, I will start with yourself. Did you, did you think he deserved man of the match, and what was your thoughts on him overall? Um, no, I don't think he was man of the match. Just my opinion. Um, I would probably edge towards Hudson Odoi. I think I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, 
But it was what it was one of those games, to be fair, where I think there was probably five or six contenders, and, and Williams probably was one of them. His performance was good. Um, I'll be honest, he still scares me to death defensively. Um, he, he just does. I think the one silly free kick that we did give away yesterday was from him. Um, but yeah, he was good. I'm not going to nitpick. He was he was he was very good. Fair enough. Uh, who was your man of the match? Did you say Callum Hudson-Odoi? Hudson-Odoi for me, just. Just well, ahead of Murillo for me. Fair enough. Um, Reese, I'm going to give you... I'm, I'm going to kind of steal Lee's thunder a little bit, but I'm going to give you a, a duo of Tavares and Callum Hudson-Odoi. I know they were uh, picked out by match of the day, but overall thoughts on them? Just two players, really, who as already said in this podcast, who are reaping the rewards of a run of games, um, especially hudson Adoy. I mean, what's that? Is that three and three now? Yeah. It, there's been some assists as well in there, haven't they? I can think of the one at Brentford, the cross for Chris Wood. I'm sure there might be another assist in there as well. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So he, he's gone from, like I said earlier, someone who's, you know, a lot of fans are moaning at and we're not seeing enough of him to now. Is you know, he, he's... Um, a permanent fixture in the team, isn't it? And long may it continue. And to be honest, I still think there's more to come from him. I really do. Um, I think he, I think he's looking a lot sharper than he did at the start, but I still think he can carry on getting better. Um, you know, he's only 23, so still a young lad. So, yeah, really good from him. I thought he was really good yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's all about opinions in football. I mean, I said on my Twitter that I wasn't going to argue against Nico Williams. Um, man of the match because I thought he was excellent but I would have given it to Murillo personally um, but that's another discussion um, Nuno Tavares, yeah again you know probably coming to the side under Nuno looked a bit rusty I mean <laughs> he's got to stop his shooting I must say, I mean the second one to be fair wasn't a bad effort, he was only about a yard over rather than 100 yards over so we're getting better but yeah he was good I mean you look at the the composure we've said about Nuno Tavares, haven't we? He just seems to do more bad things than good things. But you look at the the one chance he set up yesterday. I mean, he skinned Kufalu every time he got skinned, then chucked himself to the floor holding his face. It really peed me off because you know they, they kind of know some footballers that if they hold the face, the ref will stop the game, and that's got to be clamped out because of cheating, the cheating, the referee. I mean, they even get touched in the face. He did it again later on as well. But back to Tavares, you know, and then he, and then he's he's putting a ball into a really good area. Area I said earlier, I thought Nico Williams was going to come onto it, but Alanga's kind of cut back a yard, and he's he's made Ariola make a decent save. Um, I mean, I've said on this pod previously. I mean, he's absolutely rapid into Tavares. He keeps improving game by game, and I've never understood personally this notion of what people fans have said saying what does Nuno see in him. Um, this is Nuno the manager. Um, because it's clear to me that his athleticism is what Nuno sees in him. Yeah, fair enough, his end product might not be there all the time, but his athleticism to get up the pitch and provide a really quick left side, which last week I thought Newcastle struggled with massively. I mean, they keep, couldn't keep up with him. That is the reason why Nuno has kind of gone with him over Toffolo. You know, Toffolo, with respect to him as much as I like Toffolo, hasn't really got that athleticism, as he, to keep bombing forward with the pace Tavares has. So, yeah, I thought he was good yesterday. Probably his best game. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I've seen some gradual improvement over him from the last few weeks. Um, hopefully, that can continue because that left side is a real force at the minute. And it's something that match of the day touched on. Shea Given touched on it, saying how good it was. So, if that left side can carry on playing really well, then that's going to cause any team problems because of just the pace, really, of it. Yeah, I mean, what, what I like from a tactical point of view is because Tavares makes an underlapping run kind of thing. He can either receive the ball and he takes out a player because the winger isn't following him because he's already inside of midfield and you're overloading. Or you give him so much space to Hudson Adoy just to get out his fullback. And I think that's what it's it's so it's so simple but so effective. What was said as well about, you know, the fullbacks on this podcast is that and Elise just said it again about we've been scared to death defensively and yeah, the, the one from Williams, what did blot his copy book yesterday was that bit of a naive challenge, wasn't it, on um, Antonio. I can't remember who it was on. It was Antonio. And they walked yeah. past with the free kick. But you look at their front three yesterday, Kudos, Bowen, Antonio, all really good players at this level. 
you know, ones in England internationally in Bowen, Kudos and Ghanaian, really impressive at the World Cup, real good talent. They didn't really get a kick, did they, again? Let's no, be honest, they didn't not. really get a kick. The only chance Antonio Admirillo dealt with, I mean, Jared Bowen, he may as well come and sat with me and you, Adam, to be honest. <laughs> you could, you generally say he wasn't, didn't, wasn't even playing. I mean, what, what did he do? It just, I mean, Kudos was also a lucky, another one who was really borderline on a red card. I mean, he got booked and then brought someone down again. So, yeah, defensively, I thought as a back four, and I thought we was fantastic yesterday. Yeah, I thought I thought Nico Williams had Mohamed Kudos's number. To be fair, and mm. the same with Tavares and Bowen. Early early doors, I thought Bowen might give him give him a little trouble. He kept he kept cutting in and out, but nothing. We've really. seen them performances from Nico. I mean, the shame for Nico on you know um, is his his Forest career has always been kind of stop start. I thought you know. He started pretty well. Then he then there was a period when he was struggling a bit. He then gone back back in the team at the end of last season. And then Brennan Johnson decided to decapitate his jaw when he was playing well. <laughs> he, he, he then at the start of this season was you know fought for fifth choice right back under Steve Cooper for a bit. And then surprisingly, really Cooper brought him back in just as he was about to really lose his job. And then. He came back in, did really well, was one of the standout players for Steve in his latter days. And then, unfortunately, he's fell behind Montiel again. But now Montiel's got injury, it's his time to kind of shine again and keep that shirt. And on that performance yesterday, then if Montiel was fit next week, which I know he won't be, you'd say, yeah, Nico keeps his shirt. So, yeah, good to see. I just want him to kind of get going, really. It's just always fits and starts for me. Seems to have a good few games. And then for some reason, it's, you know, it don't seem to work out for him. But... Yeah, he was excellent yesterday. That's the type of desire and determination you want when you're in a relegation battle, what Nico showed yesterday. Yeah, I mean, obviously got Alain coming back now, so that'll be a good competition. Well, Lee, he, um, he's he's not going to get back in the team at the minute, to be fair. No, but it's still good. Um, anyway, Lee, I'm going to give you Morgan Gibbs-White. I thought, seemed to have the freedom of the park, weirdly enough, again, when, the, when West Ham got Alvarez and Phillips, they got nowhere near him. Yeah, it was good. I'm a bit surprised you've given me Gibbs White, actually. Um, I'm not bothered, but yeah, it's funny. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why I'm a bit surprised. It's, and it, this is not a, a criticism of Gibbs White, but I think I've just said that. I think you could make a case for five or six being man of the match yesterday, but I don't actually think Gibbs White would be one of them. Um, it, it was good. He's always. I love. I love the amount of space he had. Um, he gets into great areas, but I just don't think he. He just knits everything together so nicely, doesn't he? I mean, there was a time actually when it looked like he might have to go off injured, and all of a sudden you start thinking, "Oh, be interesting to see how we play without him." Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, like I say, I don't really know what else to add for Gibbs White because I just thought it was for by his standards, I thought it was actually a pretty quiet performance. But that's not oh. a bad thing. It was just that other players kind of stepped up. Um, so yeah. Um, I don't really know what else to say. You, well, you... as a, as a, as an added extra, because I don't know who you really wanted. I, it's all Christian's fault. He's wrote the bloody notes, right? I've just copied and pasted. Um, I, I did want to get your thoughts on Felipe because I thought it was an interesting time to include him back in the squad. But I just generally thought, although he made the one little mistake which led to Murillo's absolute art of defending, and I mean, I, I think Olaena called him the Kaiser in, in uh, or we called him Backenbauer, didn't he? Yeah, which is the Kaiser in, in his video when he come back and everyone was like loving him. Um, but I thought Felipe just kind of breathed a lot of composure and experience back into us. What did you think? Yeah, it's funny actually, because I'm just looking at his stats. I was just, while you were talking then, I was just looking at his stats and defensively, tackles, clearances, blocks, there was like a couple, but obviously for a centre-back, that's not what you'd consider a lot. But yeah, he was just... Um, very composed, very calm. And like you say, I think his leadership qualities probably slip under the radar. Um, we, we just looked so much better yesterday. And I don't know if, I mean, some of that might be to do with, with the fact that we've changed the keeper. I just think that they feel a bit more confident with a, a more commanding keeper behind them, I think. Um, but yeah, Felipe's qualities, I think, are come with the sort of the captain responsibility. I know he's not the captain per se, but... You could quite happily toss him the armband, couldn't you, if Gibbs White or Yates isn't playing? Um, so yeah, he was um, he was very good. The challenge with him is just going to be keeping him fit. I mean, every game he kind of gives a big like um, thumbs up to the trend, and you just sometimes think is that going to be the last time we clap Felipe? <laughs> because you just you just worry that he's. 
I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I'd be amazed if he plays against Villa. I just he strikes me as the sort of player that's going to play every now and again. Now, um, I hope I'm wrong, because I think, like I said at the, the top of the show, I think if if he's fit and playing every week, I don't think um, relegation will either be. Well, I mean, I know we've got points deductions to consider, but in terms of us picking up enough points to give ourselves a fighting chance, if Felipe's fit every week, I don't think there'll be a, an issue. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see that near Cat didn't come on to kind of see the game out and Amar Babadile did but it's all good options I guess and, and Nia Cat had a really good game against Ollie Watkins um, who obviously we're going to play next and we'll get on to but Reese, just to finish it all off I'll give you Nico Dominguez because I thought he was excellent yesterday very under the radar as well actually weirdly yeah I think he's gone under radar as a whole because you know some of the comments you see on social media I mean again I don't want to you know, go on to Ryan Yates, but and I feel really sorry for the lad because he's. I think, like you said last week, Adam, he's always the biggest topic. But when you got fans saying, "Oh, yeah, he's the only player who, who fights for the share," I mean, did they not watch Nico Dominguez every week? Because he, he gives his all every week for me. Um, I mean, that pass was sensational because he's got to get out for a, a few a few bodies. He's played at speed, and to be fair, I mean, Tyro's touch. I mean, he stopped it dead, didn't he? And obviously, spanned. Um, span the defender, but yeah, been a really good signing. Uh, chipped in with a few goals, uh, can pass the ball, got a lot of energy, can put his foot in. Yeah, very good, very, very good midfielder, all round midfielder. Um, similar in the mould to me to probably Jimmy Garner, who we had in the championship, that type of mould where you kind of get a bit of everything from him, and yeah. Um, what more can I say about him? He he was probably in Lee's five or six contenders for the man of the match yesterday, I'd imagine. Um, he would have been a shout for the man of the match. He just got um, obviously substituted into later on. But um, yeah, he's, he's been a really good signing. He's been one of the ones what you'd file under a success so far from the recruitment team. Um, yeah, it's just a, a typical South American got that fire in his belly ante. Um, you know, you see that with um, Aguilera <laughs> when he come on the odd times. He's a young kid and he was sticking it about and that. So I know he's from Central America, but similar region. But yeah, he's a re- really good player. Dominguez really, really like him. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's been pretty much a mainstay anti under Nuno, I think, if if I'm, if I'm right there. So, you know, we've got Sangare to come back. I think the two midfielders yesterday... I thought they were both very good, Danilo and Dominguez. So, you know, it's good. But it's, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer, so I'm not going to go too over the top. We've got some very, very tough games coming up. I mean, you look at the next three games, you know, Villa, I know they've been lost the last couple at home, but under Unai Emery, they've been pretty flawless at home, very tough. I mean, Liverpool are absolutely flying. And then obviously you've got Manchester United to do. are in a bit of form. At the minute, touch wood, because we need him to beat Luton today, um, which is a very Manchester United stinking the place out type of performance. But I'm hope I'm wrong on that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, I really like Nico Dominguez. Really good footballer. I think yeah, I, uh, I just jump in on Dominguez as well. I just think as well, like Reese has said pretty much everything that I, I can echo everything he said. But I just think as well, it it riles me a little bit when. Running around is used as a... That's the mandatory requirement anyway. Whereas I think Dominguez does that and he's technically probably better than most of our midfielders as well. So he's kind of like a... He is a Yates-type player, but I just think he's a better footballer. Um, And that's not a criticism of Yates, but I think he should be looking at someone like Dominguez, similar age bracket, as someone that he should be aspiring to be. If he can look at the little... If you look at Dominguez, he knows where the ball's going before he gets it. And that's the that's the sort of thing that I think Yates needs to add to his game to go to that next level because kind of he'll get it and then he's got to kind of think where the ball's going. Whereas Dominguez already knows where he's going to put it. Um, so it's just little things like that. And I actually think Dominguez would be a, a the ideal role model for for Yates to be fair if he wants to take his game to that next level. To be to be fair, like when Yates come on yesterday, he did the things what we want, what he's yeah. good at. You know, he, he he got his head in the way, added a couple of balls out the box. He then got his, he hassled, won the ball back. And what do you do? The, the Jack callback for, thank you very yeah. much. We'll have a free kick on the edge of our own box. Thank you very much, referee. And that's what he's good at. Um, you know, it's just with some fans, it's like we've got to put down every other central midfielder we've got to kind of accommodate 
Ryan Yates. And like I said, I, I feel sorry for him because yeah, he's always the topic of conversation on social media. And, you know, some people going over the top on him are, are kind of, you know, getting the stick for him. And then, and then that's what I like we say with this ref support guy. He'll come on talk for Monday morning and defend these referees for decisions they've made when, you know, they're, they're defending the indefensible. You know, if you turn around and say, yeah, he's made a mistake there, you, you won't get such a pile on. But, yeah, he, he's, think... still, he's, he's still going to be a important squad player for us, as they all are, Ryan Yates. And, yeah, it won, he didn't start yesterday, but there'll be times when we need him. And, like I say, he came on yesterday and did his job. So that's all you can ask for. I mean, if you want to add anything else to Nico Dominguez and put a bit of a, a fun spin on it, he, he makes the boys and girls swoon. He's quite he's quite good looking bloke. He's it got some like, um, he's got some housery. Like Marco Verratti, doesn't he? The Italian, I always he's, think. He's, um, he's got he's, he's got good players in, then we're on to a winner. So he's got he's got some housery about him. I love him. <laughs> um, there was a question from Alistair. I did want to address with you. I just want a quick brief answer. Um, does Ibrahim Sangare get back into our midfield with the performance yesterday? For me, it's it's a it's a quick no because they're it's their shirt to lose and he's been away. But it's a great option to bring back into the squad with this running now, isn't it? Lee, I'll start with yourself. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you and say yes. If you want a brief answer, yes, for the simple reason our next three games are very tough. We're going to do a lot of defending. And I think it's... Um, if you look, you can only go on Sangare's last game for us and I thought it was absolutely magnificent against Newcastle. So, given the nature of the fixtures we've got, it's a yes for me. Okay. Reese. It's a tough one. And, you know, Lee's made a very fair point there. Um, I think it would be extremely harsh on any of the 11 who played yesterday to lose their spot. You always kind of say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, do you? And the 11 yesterday deserve to keep their shirt. So, it's kind of one of them, you know, sat on the fence with splinters in the backside. I mean, if he comes in, yeah, we, we brought him in to be this number six, what we spent a lot of money on, and you've got to kind of get him back in the team. But if you don't, then hopefully Dominguez and Danilo can play how they did yesterday and, yeah, play well. You know, we've got a tough run of games, but it's one game at a time. You know, Aston Villa's next. Like I said, you, you kind of got to think of the positives and, you know, they've lost the last few at home. Like, there was pretty flawless under Emery at home, but they've lost the last few. Sheffield United went there, were really poor and got a result. So, you know, you've got to believe, haven't you? And um, we'll see you next week. And I guess it kind of goes, our, our training goes this week because before he went to AFCON, Nuno said he wasn't really fully fit. This Sangari, now, you know, he's played a few games for Ivory Coast. He then got about his leg pretty much broken and then he kind of dropped out. I don't know whether that was maybe a bit of soreness or bruising or it's just been a tactical change. Um, so we'll see. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But either way, I'm... I'm I don't mind, but if it, if it was up to me, I, I personally would go with the same eleven if I had to put my two pence in. It's just nice to have like almost a fully yeah. fit side. We're we're a Chris Wood, we're a Chris Wood away, Wood away from a full fit side. You, you <laughs> need nice. you need options in this level at this level, especially when you you know in a, a relegation battle. You know you're all right when you're Manchester City and got eleven world class players playing and free to bring on etc. But for our, for teams like us who are that. You know, bottom half, you, you need options who are going to come on and exploit them fine margins, as Mark Warburton used to say, because that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny, actually. It's funny you talk about squad depth, actually. Someone shared our bench from the last time we played West Ham at home. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Bringing I mean, Cafu on, who's the now bottom of the league with Rotherham. Cafu, Cook, and Surridge yeah. were the guys who come yeah. on, and you've got Ollie Hammond and yeah. Lyle Taylor on the bench in the Prem. Mm. Yeah, League One in the National League. So it shows. I mean, like yesterday, for example, you know, we brought in Gio Reyna, didn't get on yesterday. So there's plenty no. of options. Yeah. I mean, I'd be very interested to see if there's a statistic in the Premier League where three different goalkeepers for a first team have kept a clean sheet. Because I did forget to mention that Matt Sells is our third goalkeeper <laughs> to keep a clean sheet in the Premier League. The, what, what, <laughs> only, only Forrest could do that sort of thing. That, that's a, that's a pub quiz question if I've ever heard one. But, um, I know there was some controversial stuff that's happened this week. Obviously, uh, brief, a brief chat about that. Um, the ticket sets prices for Man United are absolutely ridiculous in the FA Cup. I feel like it's a a topic that we might have to we we should touch on a, a tiny bit. I do think twenty five pound for an away ticket, and then why have you charged? Why why are Forest charging nearly fifty pounds for a, for an FA Cup game? I don't know, but just a brief opinion on that. Reese, starting with you. 
Well, that that's for some fans, isn't it? Based on where they sat. I mean, for, for me personally, all Forest have got to do there is just say it's twenty five pound across the board for all season ticket holders. At the end of the day. You know, some people won't like this, but the season ticket holders put their money up front at the start of the season for the club, you know, and they invest in the club at the start of the season. £25 across the board, wherever you sat. If you're like a member, maybe go up to 35 and say if it's general sale, which I doubt it gets to maybe 40 I don't get why they've done a price bracket different for season ticket holders. I mean, I was fortunate that I'm in Bridgeford up in our days and it was £25 for me. If it would have been 45 I'd, I wouldn't have bothered me to be honest because I just think that's a bit of a rip off personally. I know, I know fans will say, oh, well, we pay 45 quid, but like I said, for season ticket holders, they're the ones who put the loyalty in at the start of the season with the money up front and they do deserve a bit of loyalty. You know what I mean? That's part of being a season ticket holder, but they should have just done it across the board. I kind of don't get why they did a bit of a bracket, but. At the end of the day, Forest, you know, it will sell out. It's Manchester United in town. Um, you know, there'll be people who are dying to get a ticket who haven't seen Manchester United come to the city ground this millennium. So they know it's going to sell out and they'll see it as a, from a business perspective as long as there's bums on seats, which there will be. You know, they don't not really fuss, really. Who, who sits there? Yeah, I won't be shocked to see Man U fans who have never even seen Man United. Be yeah, which, amen. you know, which I hope isn't, you know... Any Forest fan who's doing that with respect to make profit, you know, I know we're in a cost of living crisis, but come on, you know, we don't want, I'm not going to swear, but we don't want them in the in the home end. Yeah. Lee? Yeah, I can't really disagree with anything Reese has said, I guess. Um, it would have been a nice gesture, I think, if it had been a kind of a season card holders, a, a one prize fits all, but uh, football's turned into a business, hasn't it? I mean... What was I, it for you, Lee, in Trent End Upper? It's 25. We're the peasants, oh, so we get, we get the cheap tickets. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we're so. sitting on the boxes, we are. <laughs> yeah, crazy, so, um, so, yeah. I, I, I am torn. I think it's funny because the ones moaning about it are typically the ones that moan about absolutely everything. I mean, it's, it's the sort of people that moan when the players are happy, looking happy in training because we're in poor run of form and, and stuff like that. I think I get why people moan because cost of living crisis, football's expensive anyway. But I think ultimately the club have seen it as an opportunity to make some money, and it, it does it, it it does stink. But do you think Forest are the only club doing this sort of stuff? No, it's it's how the modern games become. Sadly, um, it would have been a nice gesture for Forest to kind of go against the grain in that sense, but they've chose to make a, a few extra quid out of it, haven't they? So it's one of them. I think um, I, I was a bit surprised with it, if I'm being honest. It did surprise me because it's not something that we've typically done for the FA Cup games. I think when we played Liverpool that year, I think, and, and Arsenal and Leicester in that same run, I don't think there was a different brackets then. I think it was all one, the same price. So, like, like I, I said, I think it's just it's just a demand now, isn't it? Forest will know That's now it. that if a season ticket holder doesn't take up that seat for four to five quid, somebody else will. That's unfortunately. It. Yeah, well, kind of like caveats into the next point because Dan Taylor released an article about the redevelopment of the main stand and and, and claimed that there was a few occasions where Forest could have sold fifty thousand tickets last season. So that kind of kind of hits the nail on the head there. Where if someone doesn't sit there, someone will take it regardless of the price. But a a, a positive uh, article from Dan Taylor, not that I've read it or from <laughs> like like from word, word for word or anything, but. From, from what I gather, um, something that he doesn't regularly do, apparently, uh, because he does get a lot of stick, Dan, doesn't he, for, for being a bit negative towards the board. But what's your, your guys' thoughts on on that as a, as a piece, anyway? Lee? Yeah, it feels positive. Um, I think the demand is there for tickets now. Um, so, yeah, it feels positive. I am intrigued to see what actually happens with it all, because it does seem as though there's, I think Dan alluded to it as well, didn't he? There is still some um, like a bit of a sticking point that's stopping a, a spade going in the floor, I guess. But um, yeah, it, it's good that we're redeveloping this site rather than moving elsewhere, I think. Um, yeah, it'd be a sad day if we ever moved, I think. Mm. Reese, Yeah, very ex- very exciting. You know, I love where the ground is situated. You know, you always get that buzz, don't you? Drive? I mean, even with work, when I drive over Trent Bridge, you always kind of glance over and look at the ground and you always get that buzz. Um, but you know, the ground is a bit outdated in terms of its facilities. I mean, definitely the main stand 
Um, so to have you know a brand spanking new main stand, it, it, the clubs needed that for Christ thirty years probably. You know, especially now we're back in the Premier League. You know, to be fair to the board, etc., the chairman, whoever, you know, they spruced up the ground with some designs and then it does look a lot better, uh, a lot more colour coordinated and just them little touches have made it look far better. But um, ex- yeah, very exciting plans. I really do hope it comes off. Um, you know, Maranakis wants to, you know, pump the money in and he's, he wants, he's giving it the green light. I've, I've, I've no idea why the council are trying to basically rip us off on the lease, etc. I mean, surely they'd want this to happen. Uh, you know, it, like Maranakis said, it'd create jobs, it'd bring more, it'd bring more people to Nottingham, etc., more money into the city. So why they're making it difficult, I've no idea. I mean, whether that's appeased the resident, a few residents who've made, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Reservations about the project. I mean, I know for a fact that there's Derby fans who've signed that petition who don't even live in Nottingham. And that's how sad it gets. So yeah, let's hope it. Um, first, we can't. I know he does mention that if we drop back into the championship. He still wants to go ahead and stuff because obviously, if that does happen, the worst was to happen. We'd obviously want to bounce back, and you've got to kind of build your club still, aren't you? Um, but let's hope you know we stay in this league and then plans start to see fruition because, yeah, it'd be, it, that'd be brilliant for the club. It'd be a really, really good day for the club. I know, Pete, I know, like Matt, who we have on this pod, loves the main stand, but get me on that digger to bring that stand down <laughs> respect because it is you know someone hit it bang on the head um on twitter saying you've got the best view from the most side that you actually can't see it which um made me chuckle um but yeah i think i think i think every fan taking a nostalgia away will say yeah a brand spanking new stand with modern facilities and would, would be brilliant for the club it really would yeah, well, did, didn't you say yesterday to me, Reese? Yes, I think it was a uh, Murillo might have cleared the board. You think? I think it hit. I think it could have hit. <laughs> yeah, it could have hit. It could have hit Brian Laws in, in yeah. commentary or whatever. And you were hit like, one, I'm surprised it didn't fall it fall down. Hit, hit, hit like the master bolt. What keeps it all together and just brings it all <laughs> down. But um, yeah, um, I mean, I thought what 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 kind of excited me as well was like the redevelopment of the of like the training ground and kind of getting up to scratch for that because you've got like your rivals like. Leicester have built on our border and, and Derby have always had a good academy. I, I know people who have actually I know, I have to been, 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 it all the time. been part of that setup, and I know it's it's far better than what, what we've got considering we're meant to be a cat one academy and, and as such. But let's let's digress and move on. We've got Aston Villa next weekend at Villa Park, my favourite ground outside of of Forest. Um last season John Joe Shelby gifted um Chirore, uh, uh, the lead where we look like we might have frustrated Aston Villa. Reese, as you've alluded to, they they've been very very good at home. Nearly had a flawless season, and they've beat the likes of Arsenal and, and Man City there this season, but lost to um to Man United. Yeah, last Newcastle weekend. as well. And Newcastle, yeah. Um, what what do you make of the game? How do you see it going? Um, yeah, what's your thoughts? <laughs> Um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game, mate. They're a good side, Villa. You know they're chasing top four, aren't they? Really? Um, yeah. So they'll definitely be the favourites with the bookies. Our mantra is, is going to have to go be going there and playing on the counter attack, and it is something that we probably could get some joy with because we've got, like I say, that left um, left back and left winger at the minute, really quick and really in form. You know, Alanga yesterday, yesterday um, at the last couple of games, has got that little bit of sharpness back, hasn't he? You know, Nico Williams had a really good game yesterday. So, um, <clears throat> it's going to be tough, but can we go there and get a result? We can. Um, and I'm going to say we'll get a 1-1 draw, which I'd be, give it to me now and get back on the, um, get back on the M6, back to Nottingham. Yeah. Lee? Um, I'm going draw as well. Um, splinters <laughs> firmly in my backside. Um, I think it'll be nil nil. I think it'll be an absolute snore fest. And like Reese says, back on the we'd, bus. We'd take on. that, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, be a good game. Um, I've got a game myself, so I won't watch it. Um, so we'll probably win and we'll probably play brilliant because that's usually <laughs> what happens when I don't watch it. So, uh, yeah, be a good game. Be a good game. You've just predicted nil nil. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I just think it might be tight. I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be an entertaining nil nil. I think it'll be one of them where there's chances are plenty, but no one finds a way through. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched the the game against Man United, and I thought what Man United did really well, considering they 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 should have got beat in that game. There was a turning point where they kind of like made Villa run out of steam, and like John McGinn wasn't making them third third player runs, and Jacob Ramsey wasn't quite doing that, and and they kind of like ran out of puff. And I kind of think if we can frustrate them as as much as possible, and kind of get their crowd turned on them, and and make the use of the counter attack. <clears throat> Then, then there's no reason why we can't go get something positive, and we and we showed that in the home game where we really frustrated um, Aston Villa because they really. I, I might might shoot myself in the foot here, but they don't really have a left hand side as in a left winger because Wendy is injured. I think Zaniolo's out of favour and was garbage at, at the City ground, in my opinion. It's it's Leon Bailey and and and, and McGinn and kind of those third runners. No. No, no, well. no, 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 yeah, no Kamara who's who's picked up an ACL injury. Unfortunately, they've had a real torrid time with with ACL injuries this season, Aston Villa. But Paul Torres has come back in. I think it's somewhere. I think we can get at Villa, and I and I'd love a draw. I'd I'd love to predict a win, but I I think a draw would be a really really good result with you guys. I think I have to kind of sit on that fence as well. Um, like three little birds there, kind of thing. But yeah, I'll, I'm going to go for a. I'll go for a two-two. I think. I think both teams will score goals. Uh, Watkins is in tremendous form. Um, it's, it can be hard stopping him, but we did stop him last time. So hopefully we can get get a result. But is there anything else to plug, guys? Anything you want to say? Finishing up. No. The less no. I, the less I say about Villa away, the better. So move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, thank you. Well, thank you very much for joining us. 68 people here, plenty of comments. I, I hope you uh, enjoyed it. If you've not managed to watch us on YouTube, you can probably catch up at a later date on, on audio platforms or YouTube itself. If, if you can, drop us a like and a subscribe. It does help us a little bit. I will beg a little. Um, but thank you very much. And we'll catch you for a preview with a Villa game, whether that's with a Villa fan or a couple more Forest fans. We'll we'll, we'll get onto it. So, Sarah, have a, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Come on, you Reds. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You in? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.